Greetings, humans. Um, I am recording this intro uh, post-episode um, because I feel like I left out, um, well, I left out a very important thing that I feel about Lucha Brutal and Rogelio Martinez. Um, as I was going back and re-listening to the podcast, um, I realized all the names that were, like, that Rogelio and Lucha Brutal were pushing we're all Latino in some way, shape, or form. Latinx, I don't know the PC term uh, now. but And that stuck with me because I've, I, I've been thinking about it for a few days. Um, I'm kind of a behind schedule on the podcast. Um, I'm releasing the podcast uh, mainly because um, this one, I put a lot of effort into it. I wanted to um, be as clear and honest with my feelings as much as possible um because there's some subjects in the podcast intro that i touch that i feel like not that many people are really talking about um and i'm sure as you listen to the podcast um it will be more clear um and not, not that i'm backtracking in any kind of way but um i hope you know that it's just my opinion and if you want to have a discussion you can dm me but with all that being said, um, yeah, I, I, it is amazing to have a, a promotion here in Texas that pushes Latino talent. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that other promotions don't do that, um, that, that they don't push people of color. Um, I mean, in all honesty, Inspire Pro was doing that. Um, a new Texas Pro, their champion, a Mysterious Q, shout out. Um, uh, and their new champion, uh, Brian Keith. Um, all, all people of color. But um, for a Latino, for somebody that's kind of caught in the middle, personally, um, of being Mexican-American, there's that old... Um, you know, Selena scene where uh, she's talking to her, her dad and her brother in the car talking about that tour of Mexico and um, her dad um, was saying that it's, um, you got to work twice as hard because you're not uh, Mexican enough for the Mexicans, but you're not American enough for the Mexicans. And I feel that heavy because I don't speak Spanish. I understand it, um, un poquito, mas o menos, but I don't speak it. Um, and I'm Weddle, which means my family calls me Weddle. That's my family name, or Lee Lee. My middle name's Lee, but Weddle, which means white boy, um, because I'm the lightest complected one in my family. Um, surprised I wasn't born with blue eyes, honestly. Even that my fucking baby browns are pretty light. Um, yeah, and just to have a promotion that I f- that saw something in me, and the people around us and we were talented and hungry and honestly the best of the best around us um and all of all of all of that was unfortunately unceremoniously stopped due to pandemic as it should have been but um it kind of makes you wonder what where where we would have been if no pandemic right no pandemic full steam ahead and regardless i am happy that lucha brutal's back i am happy that i'm looking around texas 
and it doesn't seem to matter. That old brother brother style is is very much alive and well, yes, but it's not the norm. And I can look at a a new Texas Pro. Um, I can look at a heavy metal wrestling. I can look at a sabotage wrestling. I can look at those talented people do have the goods. Uh, are fucking phenomenal talent. Should be working everywhere across the world. And they're all people of color. And I think that's fantastic. Um, I also... Um, <laughs> I've had one nervous breakdown, if you can't tell, um, since I recorded this episode. And I, I want to start um, starting a podcast off with people that I'm grateful for and things I'm grateful for. So I'm just going to do that now. Um, as far as people goes, I'm grateful for my family. And they're healthy and they're happy. And they continue to support me in my wild and crazy dream. Um, I am grateful for uh, my girlfriend, Fert Vixen, who, again, has to deal with me on a day-to-day, everyday basis, basis and my <laughs> everything that uh, comes with that. Um, I am grateful for uh, Carlos and Oak Cliff. Shout out. Woo woo. Um, Oak Cliff. I am grateful for um, Dylan Dunbar, Tanya Dunbar, for always having my back. I am grateful for um, T. Ray Watford, Trenty, for always steering me in the right direction. Um, And I don't want to leave anybody out, but you guys are coming in the future episodes. I don't want (laughs) those are just the immediate people I can that I've talked to today that I'm like, yeah, thank you so much. Um, I am grateful for this Dragon Gate USA playlist. Thank you, Warhorse by Proxy of Cody. I am grateful for my friends here in Austin who continue to elevate me, lift me up. I am grateful for for everybody in Team Super Academia, for the mangled pieces that are that's left of Team Super Academia. I'm grateful for my dogs, and I'm grateful for my wonderful, wonderful job, which is pro wrestling. Um, yeah, being injured, being on the shelf is kind of um, it's kind of put a lot of things in perspective. Um, I don't think I've said that publicly yet, but yes, I am injured. I am out for I don't know how long. Um, I don't have any immediate bookings. But I've canceled the ones that I've had, and I feel like shit about it. So I'm trying to stay above water here. Um, And I'm grateful for you guys, the people that choose to listen to whatever the fuck I say out of this, this head that has no idea what's going on and is pretty much in disillusion and um, disassociation 99% of the time. Keep on killing it. And enjoy um, episode whatever <laughs> this is. Um, and enjoy the interview with Rogelio Martinez. Lucha Batal. Shout out. Thug Life. Stay pimping. And stay gold. 30 seconds and counting. Astronauts report it feels good. Team on 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9, 
Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. This podcast is brought to you by El Santo versus the Clutches and Comics in Texas. Come on for the holidays. Nobody does. <laughs> this July 4th. <laughs> oh boy. Um, hello. Greetings, humans. Take me to your leader. Or take me to the booker. Ooh, I got I had a lot of things to say on this fucking podcast episode. Ooh, I've been pissed off. I've been ooh, I've been pissed off all week, but it's fine. I've let it go. I've internalized it. I've turned it into rage. <laughs> I've been having killer workouts. Um but I am also uh like fuck, I am I'm dying over here. I gotta be completely honest with y'all. I, um. First of all, let me put over Roland Duran. Uh. Easily. Um. Arguably, too. Um. I know plenty of photographers. Um. In the state of Texas, I just don't wanna upset anybody, but man, his work is phenomenal. Like, arguably, probably the best in Texas. In my humble opinion. Oh, there goes my phone. No new breaks. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Anyway, um, just putting over rolling. Yeah. Love his work, man. And like he just released some stuff from Man Hell Yeah Weekend and uh beautiful. Beautiful art. I I love his eye for things. Uh but um I'm gonna be honest with you. I was uh, I go through that uh, photo album of like our matches or you know my matches that I've had this um, that weekend, and I I have I have that I give up body. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how I got that bad. I'm certainly. I mean, my wind is good, I guess, in the ring, but I'm just. Body wise, I'm not the part, you know. Um, so this whole week, um, Bert and I have gotten up on a meal prep service, uh, Mega Fit Meals. 
shout out to uh, Ricky Starks for hooking that up and the promo codes and whatnot. Um, and those have been phenomenal, but they're like meal prep portions, so it's not a lot of stuff. And then I've been eating salads. <laughs> uh, I think I've been pretty good. I think I've been doing pretty good, but still, it's not like what I usually eat, which is a lot of hearty, big stuff. Um, wings, chicken wings. I got to give up chicken wings, <laughs> which there is a national chicken wing shortage, and I know I've single-handedly like, attributed to that. So, yeah, man, it's, you know, I've, I've always struggled with um, uh, body image issues. And, you know, I think pro wrestling has a lot to do with that. Um, just being at an early age, watching these Adonises, right? That's the the ideal male figure. And then being in a house full of boys, watching nothing but action movies. Um, and then, you know, adolescence and puberty hit, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm short still. I'm really scrawny. Like, I was a scrawny kid, Um and I had that weird chubby phase too, like uh, in middle school. I feel like everybody has that weird chubby baby fat phase. And then um, you shed all that, but you're not you're not fucking big. So I've always had like body image issues, and dare I say, like I said, I've I've always talked about this with like counselors and like uh, therapists and stuff when I would go to all that, um, and. I don't think they've ever really diagnosed with me, but to be honest with you, I've always disassociated with all that stuff. But uh, I definitely have like body dysmorphia. Um, I, we, my mom likes to bust out the old VHS stuff every once in a while to, you know, embarrass me with Vert. <laughs> and um, it was like a high school era tape. I think it was like 2010, and I looked at myself and I was like, man, I am. Give me a fucking sandwich. I was really scrawny skinny. I was probably like a buck 20, buck 30, you know, probably less than that. And man, I thought I was fucking fat back then. I remember those feelings. I remember those feelings of being like, I need to lose weight. I am so overweight. I have man tits. I have fucking whatever. But I was clearly skin and bone, you know. Um, it's always been something I've known about myself, too. Uh, I never really had eating disorders. Um, I would I binge eat, you know. Um, I think that everybody does that when they're depressed, though. I feel. Um, but lately, man, I don't know. I uh, these injuries I haven't been able to hit the gym. Uh, I can't run outside because I have bad knees, you know. So like the concrete and the shoes doesn't even matter. Like it just fucking hell, it's hell running right. And I just wasn't happy. I wasn't... I'd be 100% with you guys. I'm not happy with the way I look. Um, and, I, and I know I don't look bad. But it's it's not my optimum peak performance look. Even though my, my cardio, I feel, is good. But even that... Like, if man, imagine if I was in my prime, in my peak. How much better... I could be in the ring to service the fans and then also to have great matches with my peers. Like, I I feel like I can't hang, 
you know, I'm, I'm like 80%, 75% even. Like. So yeah, it's been a hell of a week with diets and exercise. We've actually, me and Bert have been pretty good on it. Like we hit the gym every day this week. Um, and if we didn't hit the gym, we went to a ring and we ran drills and we, you know, I've been doing uh shout out to uh, my man Gino. Uh, when we trained with him a few months back, we ran this drill. It's like a two-minute drill. And you're doing is fucking hitting the ropes. Hitting the ropes. Somebody tells you to switch, so you go to the other ropes. Uh, they tell you to roll. You fucking roll. Then you hit the fucking ropes back. Um, and then I ran it with uh, Ricky one time. And that motherfucker's terrible he would be like drop down he'd go to the drop down he's a leapfrog so he could hit the leapfrog or throw a line or duck a line and add him more shit do that for like two minutes straight Woo, woo, jello legs let me tell you so I've, I've been doing that one a lot just because of, i guess i should say it here too um i i'm injured um in it uh, I guess what's the difference between being injured and hurt like I, I, I can't work I unfortunately had to pull out of my bookings this uh, weekend which I was supposed to work at MPX for their big Aztec Warfare uh, show um, I was going to debut at uh, Heart of Texas at their big show with they, they, that's their first show with fans and um, to get behind a little uh, baseball here. Um, I wasn't originally booked on that show, uh, but I had called in a favor to the person that books it because I know them well. And uh, there's this cat in uh, Oklahoma, and his name's Tommy Dean. And I, I don't know, like one night I was just up late and I saw a clip of his work, and I, I you know I've known him. Uh, I met him a few months back. And I worked a match with him, actually, and it was, like, really fucking fun. Um, but, like, these past few months, man, like, he's really kicked it in the gear. He's got his diet right. He's looking the part, you know. Um, got new gear. And he's a good guy, dude. Like, I'm a big fucking fan of this dude. So, I saw Wesley Crane was on the card. And I pitched to the booker, or one of the bookers of... Uh, Hard Texas. I was like, "Look, man. Like, we can talk turkey about the envelope, whatever. But man, you gotta book this guy. Um, one because I, I I know their main thing is like they cleaned up their locker room, uh, or at least in the process of doing it, they're really trying to get cut toxic people out or cut people that." We're really in it for themselves and not the company, and they, you know, they really want to grow that company. And uh, and um, T Ray is a big part of it. Uh, if you go back in uh, in my little archive here on Anchor, uh, listen to the T Ray podcast. We talk about it just a little bit, but um, I think Tommy Dean would be a good fucking addition to that company. Like it's exactly what they're looking for, and it's an easy carpool with Wes. Um, so. I I pitched a match between me and Tommy. I was like, fucking put it on the dark. I don't care. I just want you guys to see this guy, you know? Um, that turned into a, a four-way with um, me, Wes, 
Tommy Dean and uh, Chris Carter, who is another cat that I'm really excited to see grow into the performer that he is right now. And then, man, I don't even think he's really unlocked his potential, which is the scary part. Um, so I was really looking forward to that one, too. And unfortunately, I have to cut it out. But yeah, I have a torn rotator cuff. Um, and it's really my first big injury. Uh, that took me off the shelf. I mean, I've had injuries, right? Even before this, like my my, I dislocated my elbow in a match, um, popped that fucker back in, um, and that healed up uh, within a few weeks, more more than a few weeks. But you, you know what I'm saying. Um, I've had bulging discs in my back when I first started training. I like I I just had, you know taking bad bumps because I just wasn't working out my bumps right um, what else to do oh, I uh, had a really bad sprain on my ankle but you know like I would still be Billy Badass with this shit and you know tape it up and um, even with the super crazy match you know I kind of said it on Twitter but man like I I got injured in the Warverse match which wasn't always fault it was just a freak thing um and then going back and watching my matches that I've had leading up to that match, I was just taking high bumps on it. And I think it was just the compound thing, you know? Just my card was pulled on it. It's completely fine. Um, but I couldn't lift it. I couldn't lift it. And then when I could move it, it fucking hurt. And I could feel it, like, swell up and be on fire. I probably should have pulled out of that match. Um, even Dunbar, bless his heart, he really was like, look, we can, we can find somebody else, you know, but, it's it's stupid, and I recognize that it's stupid, but I I just couldn't let that opportunity pass me, when am I going to do that again, when am I going to wrestle super crazy, when am I going to, when am I going to work in a no ring match? No ring lucha match, even. Um, with Casanova Valentine, the guy that's the godfather of this shit, as a special guest referee, when am I going to do that? So, fucking tape it up, right? I had a beer, which I don't fucking like to drink before matches, of course, obviously, but, you know, pop two ibuprofens, had the beer to loosen it up, and then, uh, was it a beer? I think it was a shot of whiskey, but yeah, I digress. I wasn't drunk, but just something to kickstart the ibuprofen so I can you know, get some motion in my fucking shoulder. And uh, went for glory, man. And, you know, I, I'm happy with it. Apparently a lot of people like it. Um, but yeah, I just... These injuries pile on, and I can't lift weights. I can't work out like I want to work out. I can't even do a burpee, you know? Like, But I can run the ropes, so that's all I've been doing. I've been running the ropes. Um, and, fuck, I feel like there was more stuff I want to talk about. I feel like, like I said, I've been pissed off, man. Uh, oh, yeah, I've been a lot more vocal on uh, the social media, the social networks. Um... I'm just, I've been hearing a lot of shit, man, and I don't think my voice 
means anything in the Texas wrestling scene. Um, but man, I feel like we should start talking about some shit. Um, you know, people see bullshit happen, you know, and I get it that it's, it's part of the business and people have their own way of doing things and people have to put money in their pockets. I get it, but you know, let's just call it for what it is. Some of these motherfuckers out here are just marks. And I know that that's a derogatory thing to say nowadays. Because, hey, man, look, I'm a mark. Right? We're all marks. Even the, the fucking workers are the biggest marks, right? Because we got in the business. <laughs> we loved it so much that we got in the business, right? Uh, but for me, the term mark, when like I, I say it in a derogatory way, it's just a toxic fan, you know? Um borderline troll even and some people that own and operate some of the quote unquote indie promotions here are just as toxic as these fucking fans man um just because look listen let me tell y'all something let me let me fucking set the record straight here not that there's needs a record to be set straight but I am my own man I am an independent professional wrestler I have no contracts with anybody Um, I'm loyal I'm very loyal it's just how my mama raised me but I need to put food on the table I need to get myself over so I can go places right which means I need to start working other fucking places. And I've told this to uh, Walt Workman, <laughs> Dunbar, Dylan Dunbar, owner, operator, CFO, human resources, booker man of uh, heavy metal wrestling. Because I feel like um, that's just where I'm prominently featured at the moment. Um, I'm very grateful for everything that him and his family have done for me. I fuck, I'm so grateful for Ruben Steele. For booking me uh, for that Rasa show, you know, like, I'm very grateful for them, but I am in no way just a heavy metal guy, you know, um, and I, I feel like Dunbar will tell you, he's very vocal online, he has some opinions, he ain't afraid to say it, and that might rub people the wrong way. You know, that's probably, you know, in all honesty, I wish I had the balls like that, you know. Um, fuck, I, when I posted a few statuses recently about the business, um, I was like, fuck, is that a hot take? You know, I'm a pussy that way. <laughs> but just because you have heat with the booker doesn't mean I have heat with you, you know. Dude, people are going to fucking, you need to have a fucking strong-ass backbone in this business. You know, people are going to bust balls. Is that PC to say? I don't I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. We're just going to, people are going to throw jabs at you. But it's just all 
it's good and fun, you know? Maybe not fun, but, you know, it's just shit talk. You give it back, you know? If you can't, if you can't uh, take it, don't dish it. I feel that's like universal truth. Well, with all that being said, you know, just because you have heat with somebody else don't mean you got heat with me. Now, if you... And I'm only saying this because I know for a fact that's the only reason why I'm not getting booked some places. On the other side of the coin, if there's no room for me, if you feel like I've run my course, or you feel like there's just nothing you can do, I totally understand that. Uh, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, so-and-so doesn't book me because... Honestly, don't give a fuck. You know, like I said, I don't, I don't really reach out to people, and when I do fucking reach out for people, I, I, I know it's a quality show, and it's something that I'm just like, man, I know I can do something there, you know, like, or it's just a place that like I have family there, and I would love to see, you know, perform for them. So yeah, I, I just, I've never understood that fucking mentality of like, oh, their, their roster, we gotta fucking. Uh, not book them or whatever, man. We're all trying to f- just fucking survive. So why make it harder? You know, no one's over on this level. Dude, is that what? Dude, you know, like motherfuckers draw, but like, what, what's really drawing? You know, two hundred, three hundred people is a pretty respectable number, brother. That's pretty dope. When you think, what's that? Three grand at the door if you charge, right? Probably more for front row seats. But I know you're not fucking paying the boys a portion of that. And if you are paying them a portion of that, it's like you're going to bitch about them for charging 100 bucks. You know what I'm saying? You, you guys picking up what I'm putting down? I so recent I posted a status about like rates and the people that didn't see it. I said rates go up with time and experience. I feel like that's pretty necessary. A lot of things go into rates, at least in my mind. Factor in the rates. Let's say I'm a greenhorn, fresh out of school. I'm going to be happy with whatever the fuck I get. Um, not saying this is what I quoted or at all, but, you know, like, if a promotion reached out and said, hey, uh, or, or got back to me if I sent my stuff out, and they asked me about rates. Uh, let's say I'm based here in Austin. And I'm going to, I don't know, Uvalde. That's just the first thing that popped up in my mind. I'm a greenhorn. I'll probably ask for like 50 bucks. You know? Just because it's gas. Yeah, that's gas. That's 25 there, 25 back. You know? So that's trans, really. Trans uh, Transportation. Get that starting base salary going. Two years go by. You worked a little bit of places, right? You worked maybe a name here or there. Okay, bump that bitch up to, let's say, 75. That's not too much. Now that, you know, you got your gas covered. Um, You're not asking for no hotel room, you know? And then people start getting weird about 100, I feel like. Not in personal experiences, just stories. And I heard this story. I'm not going to say who it is, but uh, just because of the price quoted, uh, this guy got reached out to about, like, they reached out to him 
to book him, and he gave him a price. I think it was 110 bucks. And the guy was like, "Jesus Christ, man! 110 bucks! Like, you must be doing pretty good for yourself on the Indies." It's like, what a backhanded thing to say to somebody. Because when you really think about it in hindsight, you take it to somebody on the street, like nobody had somebody that has no idea about wrestling, and you tell them, "Hey, I go and bump, and I fall down, and I get hit." For real? Because <laughs> everybody fucking lays it in nowadays. And I take big ass stupid shit and I dive on the outside for 110 bucks. They're going to look at you fucking crazy. They'll be like, why the fuck aren't you doing that for like at least rent? <laughs> Does this make sense? And then not that is a fucking matter anyway because... You bookers are just going to go ask for a sponsor, which is fucking weird too, which I'm grateful for. The, I've been sponsored before, and I've been, I, dude, so grateful for that shit. But I can tell you right now, it wasn't my rate. It wasn't my rate. And I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm, I, I don't want to make it seem like that. But what I'm saying is, if I was to sponsor somebody... I would ask that booker, what's their rate? And then I would think the booker would ask me, what's your rate? Here's my rate. This is his rate. Okay, sponsored. Or, at the very least, like, look in the sponsor packages, right? Um, it's got to be something. Like, the lowest you can sponsor somebody is at least $75. Um, there just has to be a way. And it leaves a lot of open-ended questions. And again, I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but if this is a business, we should start acting like businessmen, businesswomen, business people. And I, and I hope um, I'm not overstepping my bounds when I say that, but when it comes to money, that fetty, it, it becomes real. Realer than what we do. And... Um, we gotta ask where it's going, especially during the pandemic. Uh, I'm not a fan of these sponsors. I'm not gonna lie. If you have no money, um, putting on an event to pay the boys and the girls and everybody outside and in between that, beyond the binary, then you shouldn't be running this event. In my opinion, take that for what you will. But it makes you think, huh? It just makes you think, right? It makes you think. Uh, a lot of things factor into... Um, I kind of got off track, but a lot of things factor into rates and stuff. Time in the business. Who you were trained by. Um, how long you trained. Where you been. Who you've worked. Um, yeah, I think all that factors in, man. Uh, know your worth yeah to an extent but don't be afraid to ask for nothing for something i mean hungry mouths get fed uh i tell you right now there's some motherfuckers out here charging so much i don't know why but they get it they get it so if you get weird about how much i should be charging amen what's the worst they're gonna say no 
go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. It's fine. That being said, though, if you're a fuckhead, you're charging 100 bucks, and you only work like five matches a year, only been in the business like two years, and do a fucking dance. Well, that's a whole nother thing, but it's fine. Um, yeah, man, it, it's just something. I, I don't know. A lot of the shit I've been thinking about, uh, and I feel like a lot of people think about it too. I, I would hope they do. And if they don't, um, they just worry about themselves. I guess that's cool too. But, you know, what the hell. It is what it is. Also, no, I shouldn't say that. I'll save that. I'll save that little rant for um, when they announce all the matches. Because something's brewing, man, and I'm going to tell you, I don't like it. I don't like it, man. It doesn't matter um, how much money you have. It doesn't matter the amount of people you draw, quote-unquote. A carny is a fucking carny. And they're just going to bury themselves in time. You know? But that rant's coming. I just I just need to see. <laughs> yeah. If you get mad at me about that, who gives a fuck? I don't care. Are you going to fight me? You're not going to be clearly not booking me, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> I talk about all this because today's guest is a booker. Is an owner of a company, Rogelio, Rogelio Martinez, one owner, operator, CFO, uh, HR, fucking Booker Main of Lucha Brutal. I gotta tell you, man, um, I met Rogelio when he was, um, Helping out, booking, uh, running uh, DCW. Which I've, I don't think I asked him in this fucking interview, but I've always wondered, because I went to a DCW show. I think I went to their first one. Um, before, like, Randy Wayne was involved. I don't think he was involved at all, but I gotta ask T-Ray if it was about this. Because T-Ray was in the main event with this guy named fucking Lazarus. Well, I don't even think wrestles anymore. I don't. But anyway, the show was fucking terrible. <laughs> like, it, it was, me and uh, Zach Taylor were there. Just we didn't get on, so we were one of eight people in the crowd, and we just heckled them. Just a dick thing to do. But when the guys that are were, that we were heckling the guys that clearly don't train, and we're just homeboys with somebody got on they all look like shit and they i think there was at least two punisher t-shirts i feel like we could heckle those guys it's fine um that makes me an asshole that's fine i don't give a fuck but um it was a terrible fucking show and then i guess like months or a year a year go by and it's actually something right it's i feel like they were drawing a lot of fucking people um at least the shows i went to afterwards I wrote up there with, um, I believe, Steve-O, Cody Lane, Steve-O Reno, Cody Lane, uh, Ethan Price, Zach Taylor. Just got in a car load. Um, and I met Roe that night, and I was such a fucking fuckhead. Like, I didn't ask 
to get put on the card, but I had no doubt he probably would have done me the favor, right? Doubt he remembers that meeting. <laughs> it's just some greenhorn, dude, you know? And fast forward, DCW dies of death, apparently. Or he left DCW or something. And he wanted to try his hand at uh, owning a company, right? And um, I believe he reached out to me or Cody... I think it was in favor for Cody because they, like I said, I, I I didn't send my shit out. I was only working at like the school and like other various shit shows. And um, Cody stuck his neck out for me and said, "Dude, this guy's he's got the goods. Just give him a chance, you know." And uh, even on the commentary, if you go back and rewatch it, Lucha Batal, we own the sky. Their um, pilot episode, if you will, Daddy, the pilot. Uh, Lamada, uh, JT Lamada even like said on commentary like I haven't seen much of Prince Adam. I got to be honest with you, I don't know who he is. Which is you know, the, I'm not bitching about that. What I'm saying is this facts. You know they didn't know me, and that uh, Dallas crowd didn't even really know me. You know, I think around that time I started getting like I started getting booked for sore, but um, I digress. I, I was new. New face, and uh, Rogelio just gave us a fucking platform to work. And apparently, he's like, "Dude, this guy's fucking dope, right?" Just started finding places for me on the cards. You know, I wasn't over exactly like I wasn't known just yet. He just gave me opportunities, man. And um, really, it was like that first big show taste that I had, and I think. If I didn't have that, I, everything would have took twice as long for me. You know, I, uh, I I knew that I was on Inspire Pro, Inspire 80. Now I would, I knew I was on their fucking radar because I would go help out with the shows. And I, you know, the way Max books his thing, he likes to see people and like think about it, right? And books it in advance. As far as that market goes, and everywhere else, like. I wouldn't be where I am right now if it wasn't for Lucha Brutal, you know? If it wasn't for Rogelio believing in me and actually taking a chance on me, you know? And they, uh, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, had to close up shop and didn't want to come back until things were safe, which is completely fine, you know? We had a big-ass show planned for... uh, I believe it was March. Yeah, it was March. Because we are going up to Mania Weekend, that Texas Forever gimmick, you know? The year that we're having now should have been last year, you know? Which, man, totally okay. <sighs> Fuck, man, it's just a pre- depressing thing. But I hope you see what I'm getting at. Um, it was... The, the, I feel like their ball was rolling, Lucha Brutal, and they were getting their stride they were having fucking badass matches fucking bangers upon bangers upon bangers and then had to stop you know but now return of the mac return of rogelio return of lucha brutal you know we just had a a little spot show ski uh just to get the feet wet again you know Uh, and that's where we recorded this podcast it was at a baseball stadium 
Uh, we were like the entertainment before, and <laughs> we'll get into that in the interview. But, um, you know, I'm just happy to see the show back. Um, it, it, it means a lot, you know, for them to give a platform to a guy like Chris Cruz, who everybody I know knows, ta- knows his talent, knows his skill level, but to give him the fucking title run. I think he should be in the title picture everywhere in Texas. Um, To give it to ASF, who is another guy who I think should be in the title picture everywhere. To give it to Erica Torres. Severely underrated. She's a fucking badass, dude. Um, So powerful. And it does shit that I see men only wish they could do it, you know? Um, also, shout out to Double D. I mentioned Eric Torres. It made me think of Double D. Shout out, brother. Hope you're doing good. Um, yeah, man. And then having intergender matches, I believe their first main event was Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa versus my man Fuego da Sol. They're tag champions right now. Uh, Hyan and uh, Gino. You know, that means something to me. It really does. And if a booker loves their show, believes in their roster, man, they will come. And I don't mean that in a sexual way. Like, I mean, the audience will come, you know. is one of the good ones, man. And I, I deeply appreciate him. I deeply, madly respect him as well. Um, I believe that. I don't want to leave anybody out, man, but, you know. When I think of, like, Texas bookers, like the guys running the pillars of Texas wrestling, I think of Kiefer, I think of Dunbar, I think of Max and Biss, I think of uh, Jeff Sabotage, I think of uh, Richard Hill, and uh, I think of Lamont, um, Bobby Horn, Kevin course down there reality wrestling um and i think of rogelio quality fucking people and um if i leave anybody out i'm sorry it's, it's late at night i'm fucking brain but you know you get what i'm saying the, the promoters that actually love this business and love their product and give a fuck about their talent and making art and they don't worry about the politics they don't worry about the bullshit they shut that shit off when it needs to and they they let us create you know and i deeply appreciate that so enough with sucking dick (laughs) nothing wrong with that it's fine which, hold on, by the way, did anybody watch that new Loki? That fucking, that popped me when, uh, uh, spoiler, when old girl was like, was there any young princesses or princes? And he's like a bit of both. I was like, ha I knew it! That was awesome. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, everybody outside in between that, please welcome Mr. Rogelio Take it away.
fuck yeah, brother. What's up, man? What's going on, man? I'm here uh, running this dang show. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, everybody outside and in between, my good friend, Rogelio. What's up? Owner, operator, CFO, <laughs> HR. Yeah, there has to be finances to have a chief right? finance officer. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Booker Main, yeah. if you will, yeah. of one Lucha Brutal. Yes, sir. That's me. What's Just- up? Man, we just we just waiting for this baseball game to to, to Ex- truck on, man. <laughs> Explain to the people what the fuck we're yeah, doing here. Yeah, <laughs> so we're running an event here at a baseball game, and we were supposed to have wrestling before the game, but the ring dude got a flat tire, and I'm watching all these people leave now in the oh, middle of yeah, the game. Oh yeah, I'm seeing yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we had a couple matches during the game. Like I asked them, I was like, "You want me to wait till the end? We're gonna set up the ring. It's gonna be late." And I said, no, nah, just ha- start having matches as soon as the ring gets here. And I was like, all right. So we set up the ring, start having matches. The crowd is going insane. A ton right. of kids, like, really get in, getting into it and stuff. And then they got a call from, like, the league. And they were like, yo, it's too distracting. Like, y'all need to chill out. <laughs> so we got through two matches. We were ready for the main. And, uh, yeah, they're like, yo, you're going to have to have it right after the game. So I'm like, okay. And right. now, like. Now it's getting late. Uh, now it's on getting a late. Yeah. And people are walking out. People are walking out. I got, I, I, every time I walk out there, people are like, yo, can this game hurry up and finish already? Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? They're like, oh, we got to go back to fucking baseball. <laughs> yeah, we're at a baseball stadium. People are far more interested right. in wrestling. Right. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I told them, I was like, yo, the, re- the wrestling, like, people are going to be so into it. Go they're like, it. yeah, they'll enjoy it. I'm like, no, they're going to love it. And that's what happened. And uh, yeah, I got people there stopping <laughs> by the ring wanting to take pictures now. And I'm just oh like, my god, dude! Yeah, a yeah. bunch, bunch of people are leaving. It's nine thirty. So on a Wednesday. So, on a Wednesday. Yeah. Well, hey man, I mean, you way to burn the fucking building, bro. <laughs> we lost the venue now. Yeah, Jesus right. Christ, because we had to bring badass wrestling. Here. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I've loved about uh, Lucha Brutal, man. It's always you have always like brought the fucking a game when it came to like making cards and shit so it's like yeah man i try and even for like an event like this like i want to put together matches that i want to see you know and so like that's always been the the way that i book and the way that i do things it's like if i wouldn't want to watch it why would i book it you know exactly some people are like are you available like just to anyone and they're like yeah and they're like okay we'll use you how much do you charge a little bit okay yeah you're good you know and i'm like no like i i seek out people that I believe in that I trust in and that I would want to see wrestle and that's been like a really good recipe for me so far fuck yeah brother I mean I'm, obviously it's it, before all the shutdown and shit I mean we were really coming to our own as a company I feel like right yeah I believe so and like you know and the other thing is I'm adaptable I don't believe that I know everything mm-hmm. you know so like for example pulling back the curtain a little bit you were the last kind of add-on on this multi-man match oh yeah yeah at, at our first show yeah. And then was I was a favorite like, of Cody, I believe, too. Yeah, right? and then I was like, I need to book this guy every freaking <laughs> show. Oh, stop. And, <laughs> and yeah. dude, I have since then, even yeah. though like a couple times it was the pre-show. The pre-show like, poppy, baby. Yeah, I was like, I got to get him in there. I don't I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, you were sp- we were going to start running with that pre-show poppy gimmick, but then ASF got hurt and I had to put you in an That's actual right. match. I forgot about that. Yeah, That's the actual card. Yeah, but um, but yeah, man. So I'm adaptable. I'm not gonna just be like, oh, that dude was good, but I already have my plans, so I got to stick to my plans. I'm Word, like, oh, you know. You, you see what people like pop for. And yeah, like, what, what they want to see. And, yeah, you know. and, and who who knows how to work, and who knows how to work the crowd, and for work sure. in the ring, and and who I enjoy working with. Hell know? yeah, man. 
So what makes you want to be the fucking promoter, booker, and like start this crazy business, man? Like, yeah. you have to be kind of fucking crazy, right? Yeah, so let me give you the quick version. When I came up in the late 90s, I was in high school in the late 90s, and I was watching, you know, WCW and stuff like that, and like everybody was, you know, six foot something, mm-hmm. chiseled and all that kind of stuff. Like, there was Rey Mysterio, who was kind of small, but everyone else was just huge, you know, and I wanted to be a wrestler so bad, but they, it just seemed like there was no way that that could happen. You know, Word. like I'm 5'10 uh, on a good day. You know, <laughs> I was, I've Me always too. been like just overweight and stuff. I was like, man, there's no way I could ever be a wrestler. And you know, that was the time of like backyard wrestling and stuff. Yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah. I did a lot of that. Yes. This is the short version of the story. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, so like I stopped watching wrestling towards the end of WCW. I really got into my like different things. I was, got really into music and stuff but lucha underground came out and it like drew me back in wwe can never really draw me in but the presentation of lucha underground really drew me in and uh, i was like man i used to love wrestling so much you know and from the first episode i was like hooked you know um one of the other passions i was pursuing was like filmmaking and stuff like that so when i saw that product i was like holy crap like this is amazing and so yeah ahead of its time yeah for sure and so you know i started doing video production and wrestling working with heel face wrestling and man, I just, I just got more and more into wrestling, and and I literally, I literally drew up a fake card. I was working with a company called DCW, and I made a fake graphic, and I drew up a fake card, and I sent it to the booker, and I was like, "Yo, what do you think about this?" And he goes, "Dude, I'm getting burnt out. Book that." He's like, "Really?" He goes, "You know those guys?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Book it." And I called, I called the show The Future Is Now, because DCW's more old school. Right? They were, yeah, from what I remember. Yeah, um, and and so I was like, I was like, dude. I was like, you know, they, they booked like APOC and Brent McKenzie and, and nothing against mm-hmm. them, but they work an older style. Of course. You know? Yeah. And so uh, and so I was like, I was I made this card called The Future Is Now. Mm-hmm. And it had guys like Cody Lane and um, Izzy James. And, right. Uh, Jay Sears, Dave Sagan, you know, just a, a bunch of dudes that I had encountered in the business and mm-hmm. really enjoyed. Um, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's people that I'm forgetting. I, I think Ethan Price may have worked that. I believe with, so. Uh, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. And, uh, yeah. I think even Steve Arino was on the card. Yeah, Steve Arino. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, dude, um, you know, we booked the card, and uh, and it was amazing, and I loved it, and I was hooked. And it was kind of crazy because that ended up being the show ended up being on my birthday. Like no the, shit. the booker didn't even know, but he like uh, it ended up being on my birthday. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. They, they have so. like a cake at that show too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, okay. That's the first day I met you. Okay. Like, it did. Yeah. I showed up with Cody and all them. Yeah. Man. Thunder Rosa brought a cake. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. I was super embarrassed, but because it was <laughs> it like they were introducing me as freaking co-booker at that show yeah, too. Cause yeah, yeah. they like basically it was like in June that I booked that show for August. And after that he was like, dude, I'm getting burnt out. You're going to start booking shows with me. You're no going to be shit. the co-booker. So a wrestler, which is now disgraced, but at the time was really respected in the business. Right. Like put me over with the boys hard. He was like, look, and he told me beforehand, he was like, you got to claim, you know, they gave you this position cause you earned it, you know, with, with your, your creativity and stuff mm-hmm. and he was like he's like you got to own it man don't be afraid these these guys a lot of especially a lot of guys that work dcw they're older grizzled guys and he's like you know you've got to own that position yeah to, to get their sure. respect so he told me that privately but then in front of everybody he's like yo this dude's the co-booker now you respect him and like i said he's disgraced now but at the time very respect in the business mm-hmm. and it meant a lot to me you know right and so um you know, I, people are complicated, so that you can be doing some stuff that's shady, but at the same time, you know, do stuff that people respect and, and, and yeah, still yeah, sure. have gravitas and stuff. So, yeah, so he put me over hardcore, and uh, and 
ever since then, I was I was booking for DCW. That so I booked most of the shows. Um, I would I would say I was booking like eighty percent of the matches. Yeah. Uh, from August to January of that no year, and I'm trying to remember what year it was. It was like 2017, I believe. And uh, no, sorry, that was 2018. 2018, yeah. Yeah, and so um, so then 2019, that was in January. Uh, we ran this event with Sabotage. Uh, DCW and Sabotage and it was like a mega card event no you know? shit it was like so many I can't like, remember that one yeah what that's was... the one where uh, Ethan Price wrestled ACH uh, that, okay yeah. I wasn't there for that one that's, yeah. but I, I know exactly what you're talking so about so it was like a war the, it was war of the genders and mm-hmm. we did that and uh, and you know I just kind of was button heads a little bit with ownership because you know creative they differences or like well no because I really had creative reign for the most part uh-huh. but I also like had to keep in mind what type of company they were, you know. Oh, uh, got you. And then, like... Kind of people that come in and watch this shit. I yeah, got you, you know, and then they kind of started running out of money. They wanted me to go work sponsorships and stuff, too, and, and sell tickets. And I'm like, bro, I'm already booking everything. I'm already mm-hmm. late. And I was already head of production. So, you know, coming in, setting up, making sure everything was ready to go and all that kind of stuff. So I actually got approached by a different company. They saw me run that show that wore the genders, and they offered me a position in their company just to do production, just to make sure everything ran smoothly. Damn it. The show, you yeah. know? And at that time, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to work for no one else. So I, like, we had that show on the 5th, yeah. January 5th. On January 6th, we had a meeting, uh, and I put in my resignation, and I started Lucha Bajatada right then and there. Damn it. Yeah, so I was like, I was like this is what I want to do. Um, I was like, I want to do my style of, of wrestling, you know. So going into that first show, like, obviously you put a lot of thought into it, yeah, right. But what was the driving force behind everything? So here's the truth about the first show. Yeah. I honestly went in there and said, look, I'm gonna put these killer matches that I want to see. Mm. I was like, and if at the end of the night people are like, that was kind of cool. It was just like. MPX or DFW All Pro or just like VIP or SOAR, right. I probably would have gone, well, you know what? Those companies exist. I don't need to do this. There's plenty of them. Right. But when people are like, dude, this is so different and sick and like I've never seen nothing like this. I go to wrestling shows all the time, but this was different. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the workers tell me, dude, the crowd was different. Right. I'll be honest. People tell me, man, Dallas crowds are weird, but your crowd, dude, they get into it. It doesn't matter the size because I'm not going to say I draw amazingly every time. You mm-hmm. know, pe- people got commitments and money and all that kind of stuff. Totally understandable. But when the crowd that's there is into it, <laughs> like I'm it's, telling you, it's that first thing. that first show, man, like. I I never, like, I, that was the first show I really got that feeling of, like, yeah. oh, this is working. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a crowd was a big part of that. Yeah. You know? And they probably do go to those other shows. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. And so it was, so when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I got to keep going. Yeah. You know? And what, the thing is, I, everything I do, I want to do intentionally. Mm. I want to be very intentional about what I do. So I had set up a match. I set up two matches in that, that if we were going to, if we never did another show, they would be fire and everybody would love them. Right. If we did do more shows, it would be the building blocks for something. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, because I laid that foundation, we were able to crown our first champion that November. So the first show we ran was in May. By November, we were able to crown our first champion. And Chris Cruz had beat out 25 other dudes for that title. Right. 25 other dudes had a chance to win that title. And, dude, I got to put you over. Um, not because you're just on my podcast <laughs> and you pay me. But... <laughs> um, Dude, to put the title on Chris Cruz, like a dude that doesn't get the fucking props that he deserves, he deserves like yeah. right now, he fucking he gets it. Yeah. He's got a hell of a gimmick, hell of yeah. a look. Fucking kid works hard. You Nicest know? dude you'll ever Nicest meet. fucking guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you put your fucking title on him. Yeah, dude. So I, uh, 
you know, it was really hard because Fuego was the other guy who he fought in the final. Yeah. And, like, first show, I put Fuego and, and Thunder Rosa in the main. Right? right. And he's like, dude, no one in Dallas has ever given me a main event. I'm like, bro, you deserve it. Like, right. What are you talking about? You know? And I'd seen him in Dallas a bunch of times, and he's always worked Dallas. Mm-hmm. So um, when it came down to Chris Cruz and Fuego del Sol, I'll be completely honest. I, I don't mind being honest. Uh, Chris Cruz was a late addition, another late addition. Mm. And someone backed out of a booking, and I put him in there against Askey at the first show. That's right. And uh, when I saw him, I was like, dude, you're the luckiest dude ever. You just found something, you yeah. know. And, uh, and I was like, got to bring him back, you know. <laughs> and so um, – I kept watching. I was having these fatal four-way matches that would lead up to the... So the original champ originally was going to be someone totally different. Word. And the more matches I saw from Chris, I was like, this is the dude. This is the dude. Wow, you know? man. And so the other thing that I take really to heart about booking is I want to put people in a position to succeed. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to carry the whole load. I don't want to say, hey, take this green person and make a killer match. Go do it. No, I want to put two people that trust each other that I know could work together and that could bring the best out in each other, you know, and some people are great. They can work with anyone and that's easy, but Mm. there are some people that you got to kind of make sure you put them in the right position. So, you know, like in November, we were going to put the main, you know, the main event was going to be for the title. And uh, the game isn't over, is it? More and more people are leaving. So, no, it looks like there's players out there. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, I was like, I was like, okay, the, the final probably would have come down to, you know, Chris Cruz and another more up and comer probably mm. would have been like Jonathan Life, for instance. Right. I think he was in one of those, you know, I ended up changing the way I was going to do it, but mm-hmm. I think it was going to end up being him. And I was like, dude, these are both young guys. Mm-hmm. You know, if I put them on the main event of a card where Chandler Hawkins is wrestling Brian Cage, people might leave after that match. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I want to put my title last because you got to respect it. You know, it mm-hmm. means something, right? So I thought about it, thought about it. I was like, you know what? Let me add another fatal four of guys that no question deserve it. Mm-hmm. One of them was Ray Fury, Fuego del Sol, uh, Jackson Stone, and Jordan Lennox. Four yeah. dudes that, like, totally deserve Yo, that, that fucking that match was crazy. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was great. And so you can find it on YouTube, Lucha Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, uh, so, yeah, man, I was like, I was like, let me put up a match that deserves to be in the main event that I know, like, maybe if not enough people know about Chris, people know about Fuego. Right, so, of course. You know, so I so, like, fought back and forth between Fuego and Chris mm-hmm. who was I going to put the title on and stuff I just I mean that's a good know. ass fucking position to be in yeah. though cuz I mean yeah, I feel like sure. not that I know the like, the ins and outs of like booking and like whatever the fuck but I feel like a lot of promoters and bookers would go with the sure thing yeah. would go with the clout you yeah. know so yeah. I mean kudos to you for having the fucking balls to put it on <laughs> someone that you felt like deserves it yeah know? and I just felt like it would mean more to not that Fuego wouldn't appreciate it but as far as his like his uh you know, to where he was in his career it would mean more to Chris, you know, yeah, and for more sure. to Chris's career and stuff. And he's a cha- and he'd be a champion of a company in Texas. Yeah, exactly. And not know. a company that, I mean, it's a, you know, like a baby company for yeah. what it is, but it is like a pillar company of yeah. what this place is. So yeah. I was like, so I was totally into, like, I was like, yeah, Chris is the dude. Like, people love him. He can work. I love his gimmick. Love the person. So I was like, you know, and that was a weird phone call because, you know, I, I called Chris to let him know. And, you know, he was like, yeah. And then I had to yeah. call Fuego and be like, Yo, you know, I need you to do me a favor. He was like, yeah. bro, he's like, anything you need. And yeah. I, was like, I was like, I love it, dude. I was like, thank you so much. He made it easy, you Word. know? And so, um, so yeah, so the only thing is, like, right after that, Fuego gets the opportunity, I mean, Chris Cruz gets the opportunity of a lifetime right. to go train in freaking in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, he's like, dude, I got to. Down fuck. under. Yeah. yeah. He's like, dude, I got to drop the title. And this is going to turn into a total shoot interview, because uh, not that it already isn't. But, I know, right? But I'm just going to pull back the curtain all the way. Um, 
at War of the Genders was going to be our next show with with um, sabotage, sabotage again. Yeah. And so, which a full full circle, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. Back there again. <laughs> uh, and so I I was going to put the title on AQA because she's oh, killer. Oh shit! And I was like, this girl's got it, you know, like. Bro, and she like, was killing it at that fucking time. Yeah, yeah right. And then she got injured, yeah. bro, and I was like, oh. And by the time she got healthy and ready for me to book her, she got, got signed. signed. <laughs> but yeah, hey, dude, all the I, power to her. Yeah. I wanted to put it on her, you know? Yeah. And um, and no offense, like, we ended up doing this, like, thing where we kind of, ASF had the golden ticket, and so mm-hmm. Erica takes it, and then ASF cashes in, you know, whatever. Yeah. But at the time, you know, like, originally, ASF's so talented, he could do whatever. Oh, so yeah, originally I had him as, uh, originally, are they done? Okay, sorry. Okay, I, I originally had him as a heel, mm-hmm. because... He just he looks so good, right? That you want to hate him if you yeah. don't know him, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Like he's handsome enough that you could be like, man, forget that guy. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> no nasty. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> so, but then I was like, people love this guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got. He was another one that I didn't know about. He was a late substitution too, dude. I got so lucky my first yeah, shot. Bro. Uh, and uh, and what I was gonna say is like, no disrespect to Erica Torres because she's a great worker. Of course. But you know, um, she's held like several titles in this area and stuff like that and she works i mean her work rate is so high she it's works a very lot. underrated yeah for sure. Is, for sure for sure her run with sabotage and the sabotage title was really good yeah. uh she's a great heel as well it's just amazing <laughs> but you know i just i wanted to uh go ahead and expedite kind of what we were doing with asf and get that title on him because mm-hmm. he was kind of blowing up at the time yeah. and and even though like i can say he was blowing up he still hasn't reached like yeah, a, a minuscule amount of what he's gonna hit. You, you know? know what I'm saying, man? Like so. he, that dude. Uh, not because he's here in the locker room, probably listening, but like <laughs> seriously, when I first heard about him, like it, it was one of those scary moments where you're like, "Fuck, I do I have that level of talent in me?" You know what I mean? Like I, I really like, need to step up. And, I was like, "Where was this dude?" Yeah. You know, I've been working DCW for a year, yeah. and I had never heard of this dude. And I was like, "He's in the ring, yeah, for man. like five, four, five years." Uh, yeah. At the time, yeah, and, and so I was like, I was like, man. I was like, he's the person I want representing my company at this moment, you For know. Sure. And yeah. then, you know, it was perfect because over the pandemic, he had it. You know, that mm-hmm. was ended up being the last show that we had during the pandemic. Yeah. And he had the title, and uh, he just defended it, by the way, against Ray Fury. We took a quick break and had that <laughs> match, that banger of a match. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and so, uh, yeah, man, it was it was killer. I'll tell you what. As much as we were complaining about people leaving and stuff like that during right. the game. That crowd is hot. It worked they, out. They were man, good. People, I mean, we're right in front of the exit, so yeah. like people were walking out, and they were like, oh, hey, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's so, awesome, man. It was sick. So running a company, right? Mm-hmm. First event was what, uh, uh, June? Uh, it was June? May 23rd of 2019. 2019. So what, like fucking seven months later, maybe almost a year later, the world shuts down. Yeah, like we ran five shows and we were running like every other month. Mm-hmm. So right before our sixth show, the world shut down. Right. And then, so that was in March. And then, What's you know, going in your head, man, when that shit happens? That's like dude, a new promotion. Dude, oh my God. First of all, we were getting like mad, like uh, we we're just getting a ton of momentum, mm-hmm. right? And then, like, I'll say that I don't know if you saw recently an article came out. I don't know which website did it, but they were talking to Kiefer Bartek in New Texas. Mm -hmm. And he said that, like, man, we almost had a a little thing with George Kittle at WrestleMania week. Right. And so I will just tell you now, I mean, um, we we missed out on being a part of that because we were doing Texas forever. We were going to be a part of that. Yeah. And oh, it could have (laughs) been. Yeah. My show in March before. Um. 
before we were going to head over to WrestleMania week and be a part of that, mm. we were going to have um, DDP, bro. What? Diamond Dallas Page. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. At my show in freaking Irving, Texas. And then he was going to do a run in at our WrestleMania week show. <laughs> freaking Diamond Dude, Dallas what Page, awesome, bro. Awesome, man. And he had just worked AEW. You yeah. Know, he did that match with them. And, bro, that. <sighs> So we were the we were feeling the momentum. We we're like, bro, we're on the brink. Mm-hmm. If you can go to a Lucha Brutal show and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, freaking DDP right. shows up, like, right. you know, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to hate on nobody, but sometimes you see these legends, air quotes, I'm throwing up. Mm-hmm. Diamond Dallas Page, bro, he mm-hmm. was the man, exactly, you know. Man. And sure. so I was just like, I was like, geez, like that. That that was killer. I was a little yeah, depressed man. after that. I mean, and uh, <laughs> and so you know, but. Very early on, I said, you know what? We're not going to do anything until it's safe to do something. Right. And we're not going to try to fight to stay relevant because mm-hmm. it's a losing battle. You know, right. there's so much out there. There's freaking, you know, people always say like, oh, man, it must be hard running in a city with so many wrestling companies. I'm like, bro, I'm not like going up against other wrestling companies. Right. I'm in Dallas. I'm going against the Cowboys, the Mavs, all the clubs. I'm going against freaking Hurricane Harbor. I'm going right. against Six Flags. You know, like there's so much you could do on any given mm-hmm. night in Dallas. Like, I was going to ask you that though because there, I mean, you touched on it. There is a lot of wrestling in Dallas, right? Yeah. This territory is, dare I even say, like almost oversaturated, right. you know? So how do you, how do you combat that? Like how, so somebody... one of our one of our big things, and it was just a big blessing that I, um, you know, I don't have a school, so right. I don't have like students that I can put in matches and stuff, you mm-hmm. know. And that's something I wish I had, believe me, I wish I had right. set up like that. Um, but the whole year, year and a half, two years before I started booking and running shows. I was going to shows, dude. Mm-hmm. I was, and and the thing is, I rarely went to Dallas shows. I was in Austin and San right. Antonio like mm-hmm. every other week, bro. Like I stayed at uh, Jeff's in San Marcos like so many weekends <laughs> in a row, yeah. man. And so like, yeah, I mean, I was there, and I just saw this talent that dudes up here. You know, they have families, right. they have uh, these businesses, these schools that they're running. They can't always go, you know, mm-hmm. around. Now it's a little bit different because, you know, these guys got their students' ears to the ground. Mm-hmm. And now their students are out there working and they're seeing all these people at different shows. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yo, you got to check this dude out. You got to bring this dude in. Word. And, like, props to them for listening, you mm-hmm. know. But um, at the time, I was like, oh, I'm going to run a show in Dallas. I'm going to bring five dudes from Austin. I'm going to bring four dudes from Laredo. Right. I'm gonna, and those, that's just in two different matches. Yeah. Then I'm going to bring, you know, Ray Fury from Missouri mm-hmm. or Mississippi. Sorry, I get this confused. Uh, he's, he's stationed in Mississippi right now. I'm, I'm going to bring Ray Fury in. Uh, I'm going to bring, you know, another guy in Zach Taylor from Austin. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not just going to – we got a ton of people in Dallas, but I'm not just going to cherry pick from, oh, who can drive here and be here in 20 minutes right. that anyone can see at any other given show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go look for that talent like uh, – like, uh, my good friend Wally Thompson the third said, "You know, we're gonna go look at some you like choosing strawberries. It's a picking and choosing. Picking and choosing. You know, because this, this is a business. The you know business. what I'm saying? You gotta love the business, so, baby. Yeah. So you know, I mean, that's what I did. You know, right. I, I made those relationships, taking promo pics and shooting promo videos mm-hmm. and all that stuff. You know, I mean, people don't know I'm out there shooting mini documentaries with Delilah Doom and, and shooting promos for Thunder Rosa before she blew up real mm-hmm. big uh, for Sammy Guevara and stuff like right. that. You know, and like like." 
doing that and taking those promo picks. Mm. Dude, the very first show I ever took promo picks for was a Sabotage show, a women's show. Mm. I didn't know any of them, maybe outside of Doom. No shit. And, 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 uh, and yeah, dude, I just start getting to know these people, you know, mm. and start. And so, yeah, you know, Inspire shows, that too. I went to right. a lot of Inspire shows at the time, ACW, Sabotage. Well, uh, dude, that's awesome because, like, your cards, uh, they feel like like an all-around Texas show. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. You, you want those people that you want your core roster, I feel like. You want yeah. people that you can rely on and want to build around and stuff. But what I dug about these shows is that it felt like you were, hey, man, these are the best. Yeah. This is the cream of the crop. It's yeah. not just my homeboy that kisses my ass every day. <laughs> right. And it's not just, you know, like I said, I think sometimes, especially at that time, people were resting on their laurels a little bit sure. too much and just bringing up who could drive there and be there in 10 minutes mm-hmm. and, and would, would, you know, wouldn't even have to ask for gas. Right. Money, or who's, a, who's another guy that I see draws over there. Let yeah. Right. Right. You know, so. So, yeah, man, I just I wanted to be different. I wanted to have my own style. You know, right. like I said, if I'm not different, there's no if there's a million of me's out there. What? Why Word. would I do it, you know? Well, dude, we're coming up back. Uh, we're about to wrap this up here um, yeah. because we got to tear down and shit, obviously. <laughs> right. But, you know, Lucha Patel's back. Yeah, man. When I first, when you first came up to me saying, man, we're planning on running again, like, I was immediately excited because, yeah. again, like I might have been like the last edition on that card that, that first time I worked. But, man, yeah. you guys, along with uh, even shout out to Sir Mo, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you guys are up here in this, this territory. We're the first people to, like, yeah. really be give me a platform and right. believe in me and just do what I do, man. So, yeah. like, I would always, like, I feel like I owe you guys a lot, you know, so. Dude, man, I, there's there's two people paid me compliments that I believe, like, just motivated me, like, during this time to, like, keep on going mm-hmm. uh, because it, it got to the point where I was like, man, what if I just don't, like, come back, you know, because right. like, that's a real possibility because this is a hard thing to do, yeah. you know. But you and Chris Cruz both made similar statements that said, y'all consider yourselves Lucha Brutal guys. Yeah. You know, and I was like, dang. I was like, that motivates me. That keeps me going. For sure. From day one, ever since I was shooting promo pics, shooting promo videos, my goal was to try to help up-and-coming talent become the best that they can to show you know if you go to our website one of our things and this is not bs one of our things says our job is to set the stage i want to put events on that give people a platform to show off what they could do you know Mm -hmm. i had a discussion real quick i had a discussion with ricky starts and i told him like yeah i want to use a bunch of young dudes he's like because they cheaper because he knows (laughs) i was like i was like like, no man because i believe in them Mm -hmm. you know and like he ended up working like because because I told him I was like, dude, you never worked Gino before. Y'all haven't worked. Y'all two of the best in Texas mm-hmm. right now, and they were the main event of my second yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, you know, that. and and that's what it's about because if people want to see Ricky Starks and Gino go at it, they're gonna come in and they're gonna see freaking Prince Adam kill it in the pre-show, mm-hmm. and they're gonna say, I gotta be back and see Prince Adam. You right. know what I mean? I know. So yeah. like, so yeah, I'm oh, that's I'm all about that setting that stage. That's one of our core principles, and so so yeah, man, I'm excited to be back. Um, Fired up, brother. Yeah, dude. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. there, And so, like, by the time you're listening to this, go to our Twitter. We got our next two dates announced. Awesome. Um, And so, yeah, man. Plug your plug the Twitter. Plug. So yeah, yeah. At Lucha Brutal. If you don't know how to spell it, it's like Lucha Brutal. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to spell Lucha, you're probably not in Texas. (laughs) But it's L U C H A, and then Brutal. Um, You can find us across everywhere. Instagram. Twitter, I have a uh, TikTok I don't use, (laughs) Um, uh, Facebook, you know. Awesome, man. When's the next show? Uh, So, yeah, well, by the time you posted this, Uh August 29th, we're Mm -hmm. at Lola's Trailer Park. That's going to be sick with uh, Hold My Beer. Nice. And and then on September 18th, 
We're going to be in freaking Austin, Texas, making our debut in Austin at Come and Take It Live. We're going to be there uh, with Lucha Lottery. That is something you do not want to miss. Awesome. Everybody, please, please follow this promotion. Again, like, not that Texas is hurting for promotions, man, but, uh, like, good, actually good promotions that believe in the talent, believe in the state, believe in the scene. It's pretty hard to come by, man, so I thank you. And let me tell you, we don't necessarily stream our stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't live stream it. You got to come. You got to go to YouTube if you want to watch any mm-hmm. taped stuff. But to experience it live is the way you want to see it. Exactly. Man. That exactly. is the way. Especially with live pro wrestling coming back. Heck yeah. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for these shows, man. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing and what you've done for me in the past, man. Again, it really means a lot to me. And uh, hell yeah, let's go crack open a coal and go home, really. Let's do this, awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you for very you. Much. Appreciate for you, you letting me twist your arm to get me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got you, brother. <laughs> awesome. Later, man.